Hello, I'm Rachel Webb, and I'm the host of the podcast She Leads Change, a space to explore ideas around affecting change, stepping into our power, leading from within, and all the challenges that we face along the way. So today I'm speaking to my very good friend, Laura Williams, to talk about 2021. We'll be reflecting on everything the last year has thrown at us with the pandemic and hearing all about how, having quit her office job last month to follow her passion, Laura has accepted an apprenticeship at Hugh Fernley Whittingstall's River Cottage as an apprentice grower in the vegetable garden. We'll also do a good old roundup of the best podcasts, films and books we've discovered this year. Plus, we'll hear from Laura on all the tools that have helped her get through the various lockdowns. So hello, Laura. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for joining me. So can we hear a little bit about who you are and what you are currently up to? Hmm. It's funny. I always find this is meant to be the, the warm up question, isn't it? You know, getting people into <laughs> it. And I always find this the hardest question of any meeting because there's something really existential about it. And I've also really struggled with defining myself. And I guess that's something I've really been working on in 2021. I think another reason I find this question so hard is because there's so much emphasis on productivity and achievement in our culture. Thus, we often define ourselves by the things we've done and how amazing they are. And in many ways, it can be really hard to cut through to the essence of yourself with all of that. Mm. So yeah, what, what to actually say? So I'm Irish, clearly. And I've been living in London for around five years now. And I'm a zoologist who ended up in pharma, as you mentioned, in my office job, which was in patient safety. And yeah, I've been going through quite a big transformation period, I would say, and have decided to follow my instincts since I've kind of honed that connection to them and yeah, trained to be an organic fruit grower. But I guess a bit more just about me as a person. I see myself as a bit of an adventurer. I love trying new things. I'm very like adaptable and honest and quite sensitive, very empathetic. One of my favorite things to do is expressing gratitude to the people in my life. And I also have quite high ideals, which can make life quite difficult because, you know, if you want to make the world a different place, it can be quite difficult if you're trying to balance that with being grounded in reality. So, so yeah, that's a bit about me. And what I'm up to at the moment is um, preparing myself, sort of hibernating a little bit as we're in winter and mm. sort of, yeah, mentally and spiritually kind of preparing myself for a completely new start in 2022. So exciting. And that's a really beautiful summary of who you are, I think. I feel like our paths throughout 2021 have intersected at various points, which has been really exciting. And, you know, I feel like we've been on quite a similar journey. So I felt quite a kinship with you this year. And that journey has been one of (laughs) self-discovery, which sounds a lot more naff than it's intended to. But thinking about your job in pharma and your new exciting adventure going off to River Cottage, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you were doing at the start of 2021 and where you are right now and what the next year looks like for you. Of course. And yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I think that's such an important part of growing and developing is having some partners, you know, and a community around you to have your back and support each other and just talk about these things. So yeah, I feel very much the same. So the beginning of 2021, trying to bring my mind back, I think I'm probably not the only person who feels this, but 
it's almost hard to have to find that line of when it started because we've all been in the pandemic for such a long time now that it's all sort of blends into one. But I think the beginning of 2021, I was at the end of the beginning of growth and healing journey, I would say. In, in 2020, with the pandemic, it sort of launched me forward into developing myself, healing, learning, and growing just as a person and really getting to know myself. And I think by the time it got to 2021, I was starting to feel some of those benefits, just like really subtle shifts. And so when it came to 2021, I really committed to myself that I was going to continue on that journey and really give it my all. And one of the first things I did actually in order to do that is I changed my contract at work. I was like most people, Monday to Friday grind, you know, 100% contract. And I updated it to an 80% contract so that I had one day off in the week. And I dedicated that day just to myself because mm. like I think everybody, you know, the weekends get taken up very quickly with just taking care of, you know, life admin, your relationships, making sure your home is together mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, you know, feeding yourself and, and shopping for food and all these basic things. Mm. And so I found that one of the things that was a challenge was actually finding the time to really do that inner work. So changing my contract was such a big step for me to make that commitment to myself. And yeah, that was really kind of how I stepped out into 2021 with this intention to use my Mondays to rest, um, take care of myself, do some things that I wanted to do and not just from a place of like productivity and ticking items off the to-do list, but really what I wanted to do. Well, Hmm. I think also, I mean, you can say a bit more about this, but then you started volunteering at the community gardens, didn't you? So did that set you off on the journey to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. The first few weeks, I decided I'm not going to do anything. I just need to rest. And then I think by February, I was kind of like, okay, I want to be outside more. I want to be connected to nature more. I want to socialize more. I want to do something for the community and and really feel like I'm contributing in some way. And so there's an amazing organization here in Hackney called Growing Communities. Anybody in this neck of the woods, I really recommend checking them out. They do so many things, but most of all, they provide fresh seasonal organic fruit and veg and in my view for what you're getting it's an absolute bargain but yeah I signed up to volunteer in their gardens they have these amazing patchwork gardens in Hackney some small gardens where they grow um, mostly salad and the concept is really beautiful they have this concept of food zones so they believe uh, like many people that uh, we should be eating food that's as local as possible to where you are. So not just for the planet and climate and the environment, but also for your health, you know, eating seasonal fresh food that way is much better for you. And yeah, I started there um, in Springfield Park and I just loved it so much. And I started doing it to just do something very mindful and uh, something where you can be really present and your hands are in the soil which I've recently learned when you have your hands in the soil, you get as much of an oxytocin hit as you do from a really good quality hug. And Mm. that just, when I heard that, I, you know, I didn't question it for a second. That just is completely true. And yeah, so it became a sort of a 
something I really looked forward to. No matter what the weather was like, I was always really happy. And it took a long time for me to make that adjustment to thinking of it as something where it's a once a week volunteering to something that could be part of my future. And yeah, so I suppose there was lots of steps between starting and then having that realisation. I want to hear all about those steps. I think what's interesting about your journey is that we were talking recently about how a lot of people feel quite stuck or they feel like they need a change in the profession or in the kind of setting that they have and they have a clear idea about where it is that they want to go but they can't find the path to get there Mm -hmm. and your journey seems to be a bit of the opposite in that you were putting one foot in front of the other and also figuring out where it was that you wanted to get to. Yeah, that's so true. I think in my case, one of the really big lessons that helped me, because I have, you know, most of my life been very much in my head, overthinking things and kind of analysing every option just to the nth degree in a way that I now realise wasn't always that helpful. And so one of the things, one of the amazing lessons in 2022, I had a coach at work who shared with me this amazing concept that we have three brains. So the brain in our heads and then a brain in our heart and then a brain in our gut. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that. And the more I thought about it and tried to tap into it, the more I was able to connect to those other two brains that I'd taken for granted for so long. So now when I'm thinking about decision making or things I want or feel or how to take action, I don't just think about it. I kind of drop down to my heart and and think, you know, what's the feeling here? What, you know, what direction do I feel drawn to? And equally with my gut, I feel a lot more trust that actually my gut instinct is much more powerful than thinking and questioning. And I think it's through that connection to my heart and that good instinct that has helped me find my path that wasn't clear to me before. So I guess that's a, a little bit about how I wasn't really clear up till recently because I had that disconnect that I've now kind of cracked open. Yeah, that's so nice that you have opened up that dialogue with your heart, especially. I haven't really heard about the heart brain. I've heard a bit about the stomach brain and that totally makes sense, doesn't it? Because, I mean, you just said it there, but people talk about your gut feeling. Mm. I guess it would be great to hear about opening up that dialogue and yeah, everything that helps nudge you along on the path that you are now. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that anyone who's on this path or has been on it for a little while or a long while is how when you start you think it won't take that long and there'll be an end point <laughs> and then once you're on it you realize you're in it for the rest of your life and not in a bad way in a good way because it's this unfolding that actually just has so much potential and excitement the longer you're on it but yeah really realizing that this is a long journey and it takes time for things to happen. You have to really hone and cultivate your patience with yourself. So I've been doing a lot of things and trusting that process of unfolding and my instinct and what I'm drawn to rather than trying to like plan us meticulously. So, you know, in a given week or month, if if I feel called to do something or, or, you know, explore something, I 
just kind of see what comes up my way and if I feel just drawn to it and then I'll sign sign up or join it so the sorts of things that I've been doing include therapy obviously (laughs) I committed to getting more into therapy I think it's about two and a half years now and it was really inspired by a friend of mine who was very open about his journey and how getting into psychotherapy took him beyond coping and support into growth and change And hearing him talk about it made me realize that that's what I wanted. And I think having that support system in having a really good therapist is so key to kind of take the next steps and just explore all of the other options. And another resource that I have really taken advantage of is the Psychedelic Society. They run a lot of events and workshops and courses And I have done so many of them over the last two years, and they are so expansive, the the sorts Mm. of events that they run. And they have so much on offer that there's any given month that, you know, there's always something that kind of calls me and I want to give a go. So the very first event I went to was actually called Emotion Release, and it was with Laura Reeves. Um, who runs a lot of really amazing events. But yeah, Emotion Release was incredible. And it was just before the pandemic. And it was just mind-blowing. It was breath work and voice work and guided meditations. And the things that came up and how potent it felt, it really made me realize how much is in the body and how connected everything is. Like I said, it's been so long thinking about everything and really in my head, I'd really kind of neglected to consider the impact on my body and how my body could be just as much part of the journey. So that was the first workshop. And I've done quite a few with Laura, other ones, including self-love. And yeah. an amazing retreat with her as well. Oh, well, yeah, I want to hear all about the retreat as well, but I just wanted to chime in to say I have also done Laura's self-love workshop off the back of your recommendation, Laura, and I would recommend anyone do it. The Psychedelic Society does have a lot going on on their website, so if you wanted to look for a couple of places to start, I think Laura and I would both very much recommend the self-love workshop. And yeah, it was all about just dropping down into your body and we did a section of it where Laura encouraged us to kind of visualize walking around inside our heart space and just seeing what was there and I just came out of it with so much compassion and understanding for myself it was a really lovely session Mm. but I wanted to ask you as well before you started on this journey and opening up this dialogue with your body, would you have been the kind of person to have just overridden your instincts if something was telling you, I can't go to work today or I don't want to go ahead with this plan or I don't think this is a good idea? Would you have kind of shoved all of that down and kind of just cracked on with being as efficient and productive and as yang as you could? Oh, absolutely. I think a really big part of my socialization really focused on the value and your self-worth coming from productivity. I think that's quite a common experience. I would have definitely suppressed those sorts of instincts or sort of, yeah, physical sensations and, and really had that sort of mind brain or as kind of king in charge of everything. And so if my mind thoughts this is what needs to happen. I made sure it happened. And for anyone who can relate to that, I think we all know that that 
takes its toll and it does kind of it catches up with you essentially and yeah I think it very much caught up with me in ways that I didn't really understand or appreciate for quite a long time when I was a teenager I realized that I had endometriosis you know went to the hospital and got tested and things like that and there wasn't really a whole lot of support available and so I just kind of compartmentalized that and I chose not to really address it and instead sort of push it to one side and just plow through it. And it was only really in the last year or so that I kind of really came to recognize that my experience of endometriosis in many ways was a manifestation of those stresses and that pressure and that overwork that I was driving myself to. So mm-hmm. as I've learned to take better care of myself and slow down and be a bit more grounded and connected, my symptoms have like subsided majorly. And amazing. Yeah, it's it's a really amazing thing to experience because you know, you often hear things like this, but it's really when you experience it that you just you know, your mind is opened in a way that only happens a little bit when it's somebody's story. And yeah, I have to give credit to you as well, because uh, one of the amazing workshops that I went to was actually in Juno that you pointed me to the endometriosis sort of group circle. A lot of the pieces in the puzzle came together in that workshop. um, And I really connected all of the different self-care practices I had and kind of saw them in a quite a different light rather than being like a little bit here and a little bit there really kind of saw it as much more of a holistic experience that was much more kind of like I was thinking of myself much more in a sort of systems way as a complete person where everything was all all connected and yeah that was really helpful for that. I'm just thinking about podcasts I listened to by I forgot her name the one who wrote Come As You Are. Emily Nagowski is Emily Nagowski that's it yeah yeah Nagowski so it's um, a podcast with her and her twin Amelia a link to it in the notes of this podcast but they talk really extensively kind of supporting what you just said about how everything exists in the body all feelings and emotions and thoughts and stresses and experiences and trauma all exist somewhere in the body and it's really interesting Mm, definitely I love that podcast feminist survival project that's it yeah yeah it's so good another thing that's really helped me a lot is my Alexander Technique teacher Daniela uh, you might be interested to learn that she's training at the moment in somatic experiencing so mm. this is how to tap into and release a lot of that stress and trauma in the body and I hadn't seen her in a while and I had a session with her last week and we did a bit of Alexander Technique and we did a bit of this somatic experiencing and it was mind-blowing how straightforward the exercises was the way she was leading me and how powerful they were just kind of talking to the tension in your body because we don't usually give it attention in that way giving it the attention and asking it for a message what that actually brings up I was just blown away I I'm definitely want to try some more of that yeah that sounds interesting really yeah really good can you tell us a little bit about the Alexander technique for people who don't know what it is yeah so even though I've been doing it for a while with Daniela I always find it quite hard to describe because it's very subtle it was invented for actors and musicians Because a lot of musicians, for example, if you can imagine, you know, holding a violin, you're in 
one position for a very long time. And what happens to a lot of players is this tension kind of builds up maybe in, in one shoulder or another, or maybe if you're an actor and you're trying to kind of enunciate, you can put a lot of pressure on your vocal cords, for example. And so Alexander, I can't remember his first name, but Mr. Alexander, um, <laughs> he was an actor and he was struggling with his voice. And so he started looking in the mirror and sort of figuring out like, what's happening here? I'm, I'm, what am I bringing to this that could be leading to these problems? And so it's all about getting to know your body and observing. Like really a lot of it is just observing and having, once you bring that awareness to what it is that you're doing to your body when you're doing a particular activity, then it's so much easier to just let go of this. And when you let go of the tension that you introduce yourself, then those problems don't accumulate even though I've been seeing Daniela for a while, it's it's something I have to come back to again and again because it's it's really a practice that you need to incorporate into your everyday life. So whenever I'm doing any activity, if I notice any source of tension accumulating, and for me, it's my shoulders. When I was working at the computer, by the end mm-hmm. of the week, my shoulders would be up by my ears. And with the Alexander technique, I realized nobody was doing it to me. Nothing was doing it to me. I'm doing it. I'm bringing tension into my shoulders they're raising up because it's me that's doing it and it was quite an obsessing realization but very very empowering as well because once you realize that you've done it you can stop you can Mm. relax your shoulders you can let them drop because it's a habit built up over a lifetime and once you realize that you can sort of begin to intervene and create new habits about how you use your body that's so nice I I forgot to tell you actually I've used something I picked up from the Alexander technique on Clemmy a few times when she's hurt herself <laughs> if she's like stubbed her toe then I'll say should we do the Alexander technique and then <gasps> I kind of go around her body and say like are your shoulders hurting are your arms hurting is your leg you know and then yeah. everything is like no 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 and then she starts laughing because you kind of give her a tickle all over and she just forgets all about the toe that she's stubbed it's great it's amazing. It's so powerful. And it makes you realize things like pain are not always what we think they are. You know, mm-hmm. if if you, like you said, stub your toe and you feel pain, you can focus all your attention on that pain and all it does is build us. But if you get tickled by your mom, all of a sudden you don't feel it anymore. And that's that's huge. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot of that at the moment, obviously, with the hypnobirthing as well. It's kind of retraining your brain to intercept pain and I guess fear as well in a different way. It's so amazing. It always blows my mind that we have the tools and techniques out there to better manage these sorts of either life events or maybe even chronic issues. And yes, they're not really very well understood mm. or or shared and and then of course often can over rely on whether they're over the counter or prescription pain medication which isn't very good for us mm. okay well to continue on that thread then of con- connecting the dots is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that's helped you through the last year I guess one thing that has really helped me is sort of not over relying on one thing So giving everything a go and if it's working, brilliant, go with us. But then the moment you feel kind of curious or called to try something else, go for it. You don't have to just stick with one thing because it was the first thing you tried or anything like that. So yeah, so that's definitely something that's 
worked very well for me. So whether it's doing the emotion release and self-love workshops or a bit of breath work, there's so many different healing modalities and there is no one perfect one. They all have their value and everybody's different. So there's something out there for everybody, I think. And it's just a case of sort of exploring and being open and curious and just seeing what happens and just following where things take you and just trusting and going with us. I think that would be definitely something that's worked really, really well for me. Oh, that's so nice. Because I remember once having a conversation with you where you were being quite hard on yourself about the fact that you felt that you always kind of started things and didn't finish them. But, you know, actually, I think as you say, it's all about being curious and also acknowledging when something isn't working for you. And just to plug another podcast, I listened to Maisie Hill's Period Power podcast recently, a really brilliant episode on changing your mind and how it's always okay to change your mind and changing your mind is a very empowering thing to do. Otherwise, you know, even if you are doing something that on paper should be very healing and nourishing for you, like you start a yoga course or something if halfway through you think gosh I'm really tired and I'm not really enjoying this you're still just battling with yourself and you're overriding that heart brain and gut brain that's trying to tell you you know this isn't really for me and we could be finding something you know more nourishing in another direction yeah so true definitely okay well I guess then you've painted this really lovely picture of all the things that you've done, you know, some of the things you've done. I know we haven't really even scratched the surface, but last year and everything really points to establishing that connection with your body and how that has really acted as a guide for you. So staying with that, the kind of realisation or understanding that you had about how your job at your pharma company wasn't serving you anymore did that appear as a sensation or a feeling in your body did it just kind of get bigger and bigger until you couldn't ignore it and you had to make a change yeah it 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 kind of it happened over a period of time but I think there was a moment when it stops being a maybe and it's just a full full body full mind full everything yes And yeah, I've never actually experienced that before. It was wonderful to experience, not just because I had that clarity and that kind of excitement about a new opportunity and a new path, but also just to actually feel that sensation of knowing within myself and within my body. It was so exciting to know something without having a thought in my head. I guess it came as a surprise to me and also to many of my friends and colleagues and things like that. And it all happened actually quite fast in the end because we've talked about the volunteering in the growing communities garden. And, you know, like many people over the course of the pandemic, I've been spending a lot more time outside, connecting with nature, going for daily walks and really connecting much more to the seasons and feeling much more part of nature. And I was on a holiday in the countryside in Dorset and just really so uh, calm and present and out of my head. And I went to visit River Cottage on a day course and just for fun, it was like with no expectation whatsoever, just to learn something and, and actually see the place that I'd seen on television and followed an Instagram and all of this kind of stuff. And 
when I was there, I just was quite taken with this feeling of just like connection to this place. And I'd never really experienced that before like that. You know, I've been to some really amazing places and on lovely holidays where you feel amazing and happy. But I just felt like, oh, this place has something. I just felt a sort of magnetism and didn't really think too much of that and then a few weeks went by and I think it's often when we're on holiday and kind of logged off from work and completely Mm. switched off that that feeling of possibility can kind of rise within you and two weeks later on another week off this time you know visiting family in Ireland it kind of came to me like oh maybe this isn't just a oh wouldn't it be nice maybe this is a I should do it you know I should Mm. go for it And it essentially came together because I messaged the head grower, Adam Crofts at River Cottage. And I I just kind of was just querying about volunteering. I was just thinking, you know, someday in the future, maybe I could volunteer there. And we were messaging a bit. And and eventually he said, oh, would you be interested in apprenticeship opportunities if they come up? And it was the second I read his message that I just had this complete full body yes Mm. and and I just knew that I had to quit my job and that was it <laughs> and it, it was really amazing I didn't I didn't overthink it at all I just was like this is clearly what I need to do oh, it's so exciting and I would love for you to talk a little bit about what we were speaking about before about the fear and love mm. the cycle because I think again what really needs commending is the fact that you quit your job and you handed in your notice but that was it was before you had anything lined up with River Cottage officially so you really did just take that plunge yeah absolutely you know whether it's in work and you're thinking about like approaches for how to be more effective in your role we often come across like different models three steps for this 10 steps for that and all of this kind of stuff and I think The human brain is really wired to wanting really simple models. And it just keeps coming up to me more and more, talking to different people and listening to different podcasts or, you know, anything. This kind of balance between love and fear and how actually when you're doing anything in your life, any action or any decision, you can very often connect it to one of those two things. So, you know, sometimes if you're in a challenging situation and maybe you behave in a way that you're not always proud of afterwards, for me anyway, I can often actually tack that down to fear. Even if the presenting emotion or feeling might be anger, a lot of the time when you go a little bit deeper, it's actually fear that drives that. And equally, I think when we're all at our best, it's when we're really acting and speaking from a place of love. Um, and whether that's for the person you're with or yourself or, you know, just experiences or, or the world around you. I think it's come to me to be a very simple sort of way of thinking about whatever it is I do in my life. And another way of looking at it is kind of expansion and contraction like in breath and out breath you know waves coming in and going out I I think you can actually make it even simpler than 10 steps three steps whatever and just boil everything down to love and fear in whatever it is that you're doing and feeling in your life and I think the last two months where everything has just felt so right and things have just come together in, in an almost magical way I think it's 
because I really feel like I'm acting from that place of love. Mm. And that was something that wasn't always so easy for me to do. And now I feel really connected to that. Mm. So lovely. So what does the next 12 months look like? What were you doing at River Cottage and how are you feeling about the next huge, huge step in your adventure? Yeah, I'm I'm just so excited. Honestly, I back to the love and fear idea. Every now and then I feel a little bit of fear rising, the what ifs and all of this kind of stuff. But it's because it just feels so right, it's very easy to kind of quell those worries and come back to the excitement and and the love behind it because I feel like this perfectly brings together all of my passions in life. You know, River Cottage is so much around delicious and nutritious foods and food is such a passion of mine there's also the the nurturing of the plants and the growing of them I I really love that and also you know when you're working with the earth there's a sort of mindfulness that comes into it as well and you're also just outdoors in nature and the way this Adam runs the garden at River Cottage, it's all around restoring and supporting biodiversity. So farming in this more sustainable way actually is a really big part of tackling climate change. So all of these things come together in this one opportunity. It just, in a way, I now I laugh and think, God, it's funny that it actually took me so long to bring the whole of this together because it really is all of my passions rolled up into one. So I'm just, I'm just so excited. I'm also really looking forward to being in a new place and embedding in a new community and getting to know all of these new people. It's going to be quite a big transition as well for myself and my husband and how we live. So I'll be in Devon Monday to Friday and then coming back to London for the weekend. But I feel like we're at this brilliant place in our relationship where we're ready to make uh, quite a big adjustment like that and so I feel completely safe and secure in that big change and and actually how it could be full of potential for both of us it sounds so good I'm so excited for you thank you and I think just to pick up on a point that you said there about it you feel like it took you so long to realize that this is the way for you but I think it's quite easy to look back on things like that and kind of beat yourself up a bit about it when something becomes glaringly obvious but I am a really huge believer in that you have to be ready to mm. accept something that the universe is trying to give you and that you've obviously cleared out so much space in your life now and, and you're ready to accept these amazing opportunities that the universe is presenting to you so it's come just at, at the right time for you. Yeah totally I feel exactly like that it's meant to be you know. Okay well let's leave that part of the conversation there because I'd really like to give some airtime to 2021 and we can reflect on some of the films and books and podcasts that have been inspirational to you because I'm sure that this has been a big part of your journey as well. So my first question is what did you read in 2021 that had the most impact on you? One that I think was a really big one was Wilding by Isabella Tree. There's so much in there about vision and perseverance and courage that is just so inspiring. It's all about the project as NEP and taking some agricultural land that wasn't really working very well on this big estate and deciding to rewild us. And at the time that they did this, rewilding wasn't really respected or understood. And a lot of people felt a bit threatened by us. And I think one of the things I love most about that book is just this really deep faith in nature that she and her partner 
had and how yeah they persevered through all the odds and how created this beautiful model for sustainable land management practices and rewilding it it's really inspirational another one that in a way is completely different but also kind of connected is called wild power by mm-hmm. alexandra pope and sajani hugo Wurlitzer. and it's interesting in that it's you know a book for you know anyone with a menstrual cycle and about how to connect to that and use this to kind of live your life in a more connected and grounded way and so it's kind of similar in a way because it's really about connecting to your inner seasons and understanding that with the changes in you know hormones throughout your cycle there are times when you can kind of hone different almost superpowers at different times during your cycle that book has helped me an awful lot as well and I really recommend it to anyone to also kind of get to know yourself better it's a really powerful tool to really understand who you are as a person yeah I think what really struck me a bit about that book and also again about Maisie Hill's podcast period power Mm. what you just said there about kind of I guess like tuning into your own superpowers and how at different points in your cycle you can make good decisions about the things that you want to do and the conversations that you want to have it never ever occurred to me before that oh you know maybe I don't really want to have a confrontational conversation this week because I am in x place in my cycle so it's it's really really interesting stuff so I would second Laura there on on anyone um, oh definitely know a little bit more about it it's really big. Like I now track my, the week that I bleed, I now track it in my calendar and the difference it has made is incredible. And I also make sure that, you know, for different friends and family, if I'm going to be having regular chats with them, I try and have it like when I'm really at my brightest and bubbliest and highest energy and I kind of avoid doing too much at other times in the month and it just it means that in the long run you're actually balancing your energy in a much more healthy way mm-hmm. okay so what did you watch in 2021 that had the most impact on you oh the most impact on me that's really tricky this year we watched a lot of musicals and a lot <laughs> more fun and uplifting content because yeah, we had we had a sort of a, before the pandemic, we had a funny habit of just kind of watching some pretty depressing stuff, like mm-hmm. you know, serious documentaries about what's happening in the world, and all of that stuff's really important. But if you want to take care of yourself and be resilient in the face of a global pandemic, I found that watching the sound of music and singing the rain was probably a bit more beneficial another thing that probably won't come as much of a surprise but watching river cottage was a really joyful thing to watch Mm. as well and (laughs) that helped a lot i think your answer there is answers the question really because Mm. i think you know it doesn't have to be impactful as in you learned lots of lessons from it but i think the fact that you have acknowledged that actually maybe filling your spare time with negative content or you know something that you might find quite stressful is having this yeah, I guess like a negative impact on you and mm. you know, probably your mental health as well. And you've taken steps to counterbalance that. So Yeah, absolutely. And it goes for everything. It's not just what you watch. It's any content that you consume, whether it's the news or things on social media. If you choose to surround yourself in more uplifting, positive things, it catches, you know, that that, that then you kind of absorb that energy and those feelings so yeah I think being more conscious of the content I'm consuming has definitely been a theme in 2021 and 
being really mindful and choosing things that I know will lift me up has been a bit of a game changer actually mm, great well in that vein then what have you listened to over the last year that mm. uh, you've enjoyed the most or has had the most impact on you so that could be a podcast some music or an audiobook a lot of podcasts I'm a big podcast person because it just it's so easy to kind of incorporate them into your schedule and your day-to-day movings and shakings and things it can be a bit harder sometimes for me to find the time to sit down and read Maisie Hill's period power podcast has got to be like the big shout out it has been yeah life-changing like to have this mega resource where we essentially have this coach who we can press play on at any moment now because of this podcast being available. It's just incredible. The things that I have learned and a really special shout out to, I mean, all the episodes are amazing, but she did a trio on responsibility. Oh Mm. my God. My mind was like just cracked open listening to those. It just, everything made so much sense after listening to those three episodes. I haven't listened to that one yet, but I did also recently listen to her episode on boundaries and uh, yeah again I just agree with Laura totally it's incredible having somebody there who can say to you this is how you set a boundary and give like real life examples of boundaries that she set in her own life and just really talk you through setting a boundary step by step and when you should be setting a boundary and when you don't really need to because I feel like boundaries is something that everybody talks about but after listening to her podcast, I really came away with an understanding of how exactly to use them, which was mm. amazing. She's so clear, like her episodes are usually around 20 minutes, which is, I think, like your attention span, basically. And there's just no bullshit. She just gets straight to the point and gives you very clear instructions around whatever the topic is. So I appreciate that so much. And yeah, it's made a really big difference to me. It's called the Period Power Podcast, but to be honest, it's really for everybody because these topics are not gender aligned. Like you said, boundaries, responsibility, self-care. It's really for everybody. And she is an incredible coach. And yeah, just some of the words of wisdom that just get popped in here and there. It's, you know, I kind of hear myself kind of playing it again in my head and, and calling back to some of the amazing advice she's given. So I think that's got to be top on the list of incredible free resources that are available for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, well, you've already, you know, given us loads of these already during our conversation, but what new hobbies or interests did you discover in Mm. 2021? And can you talk about how they might have helped you get through the pandemic? Oh, yeah. God, what a great thing to talk about. Yeah, lots of walking, which I think we did a bit of anyway, but I've made us now a daily practice, like every day at lunchtime. And if not at lunchtime, I don't even care if it's dark and nearly bedtime, I go for a walk. And that has been really special to just go out. And and I'm really fortunate to have a really beautiful park near where I live. And just seeing the seasons pass by and all the little changes that are happening every day and all the dramas by the pond with all the different birds. Like it's just, oh, there's just nothing that gets you out of your work stress than just like going and seeing what crazy stuff's going on with the the animals and plants in the park so that would be one big thing and yeah also just been you know never I've never really considered myself much of an artist but moving away from that sort of expectation that there needs to be some sort of 
perfect outcome I've really enjoyed tapping into you know the kind of artist within and doing a bit of watercolor painting uh, embroidery even just doodling is something that's quite a nice little habit to do and I guess the last thing which really kind of rounds it off as like you can see how it helped get through the pandemic it's just baths I've mm. I've really enjoyed taking <laughs> baths, loads of Epsom salts and like bringing a candle in, maybe having some music. I look forward to those so much. Oh yeah, I love a bath. I, c- I could not possibly live without my bath. Yeah, if anyone has crystals, I also like to bring my crystals into the bathroom with me and have them dotted around the bath when I have a bath. It's really, really lovely and soothing. Yeah, it's just so beautiful to make a ritual out of this and make it special for mm. you and not just see it as like... I'm cleaning my body it's actually so much more nourishing to bring all of those different elements in into the one experience okay and then my last one and I love this question but what or where did you eat in 2021 that was the most memorable for you oh well this is easy because we didn't eat out that much but even besides that Slow burn and Walsham so has got to be up there as like the most exciting sort of new local places that I've come across. Their ethos of having veg at the center and meat on the side. But it's just so fun because the things they do with with the veg they have, it's all seasonal and so tasty. The things they do, it's just it's so exciting. Not to mention the fact that it's in a denim warehouse where they make jeans and dungarees yes. and things. <laughs> it's just so fun. It is. I went, uh, Laura and I, well, Laura took me there for dinner um, to introduce me to Slow Burn. And it was, it was amazing. It's just in this kind of industrial park in Walthamstow. You go in and they've cleared some space in on the factory floor and you kind of sit amongst the fabrics and their clothes and uh, they cook the most amazing food. So I would absolutely agree with Laura that that was a very, very special place. Mm, yeah, it's so fun. Well, that's it for today in our questions, Laura. So thank you so much again for for joining me in this reflection on 2021. And I'm so excited for the next step in your journey um, for 2022. And I would love to have you back next year. I'm sure after listening to this, anyone listening would be really interested to hear how you're getting on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And honestly, such an honor to be invited on. Like the previous episodes and guests have been such an inspiration. So yeah, you can only imagine my excitement to have been asked. So thank you. Thanks, Laura. And that's it for 2021 and from me, as I am now going on maternity leave. So there'll be a hiatus on podcast episodes for a while. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me for the last year. I can't wait to get back with more content later on in 2022. As always, I'll link to all of Laura's recommendations in the show notes. And please head over to sheleadschange.org for more information on what is coming up this year. See you all soon.